Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Okay, the room tone has been received. Time for a little sound. Checky, check, check. We're at the Hotel Odell Holiday Inn. All right, sound sounds pretty good to me. Here we go. Three, two, one. We're back. We sitting here. I supposed to be the franchise player. We in here talking about practice. Clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Rebound box. Back out to Allen. History final. Back. Gives it to Jenkins for the championship. He's going for the corner. He's got it. Bases loaded. Two out. We're back, baby. It's the Charity Stripe. Hit your free throws because they free. So would 135. Coming hotter at you guys than so would 134. And I'm flanked on my right by defensive coordinator Alex Tossed Me the Rock Tosopoulos. Offensive coordinator Nikki Snacks Kreider could not be in the building today. He's out auditioning. Now, I, they do mall Santas, which I always knew, but I never knew they did Easter Bunny mall type stuff, but he's auditioning to be the Easter Bunny at the Glendale Mall in Los Angeles. I think the funny thing about it is that they don't put them in the entire getup. It's just the ears. It's just the ears. Which is kind of, yeah, it's weird. And he dresses like his normal regular day clothes. Which yeah. Is, it's, it's, it's interesting. And he leads a bunch of people around a wild goose chase for eggs. I mean, I hope he gets it. I heard the pay is pretty good. I heard so. the pay is solid. Like, yeah. s- like SAG, you know, like, like <laughs> SAG low budget pay on there. But we do have a special <laughs> guest that has we always do on Wednesday, on Wednesdays. We got producer, director. He's got a bunch bunch of amazing things coming out syracuse graduate from the northeast a guy my guy from new jersey brett gursky is joining the show he's got uh, he's got his own podcast also on the believe podcast network called on the list so you guys got to go check that out and that's just a reminder we are brought to you by the believe podcast network the number one podcast network in los angeles quick questions for the fans out there do you believe 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 Amazing stuff. So <laughs> as we always do with guests on the show, we go into four down territory. We kind of gave Brett the rundown as he came in, so he's ready to rock with us. Right. And we're just going to kick it off with first down. Wait, before we get there, Brett, can I ask you, what is a nightlife impresario? Uh, you have to ask Braun from Believe <laughs> who put that in there. So while I write, direct, produce in my day job at night, I work with a company called Hwood Group. And I'm sure you've been to their venue. So they own Bootsy Bellows, mm-hmm. Blind Dragon, uh, The Nice Guy, Delilah, and Harriet's are just fine, to name a few. And so Delilah, really close to here. Yeah, Delilah's cool. Close. Right down the street. Right down the street. Yeah. Actually, Nice Guy's very close to here, too. I've, we've been to that one as um, well. Yeah. And so I work with them. And, you know, I, certain nights of the week, I'll have a table and entertain my friends and, you know, kind of like a host. 
uh, I'm glad yeah. we're friends now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. Kind of like a, thank you. Yeah, I don't uh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Delilah's cool. I've been to that one. Yeah, and I think I've went to, been to Blind Dragon. I don't know because you would I, know because it's karaoke. I've been to Bootsy Bells. Oh, Bootsy I, Bells, dude, yeah. I would definitely know. <laughs> I knew because I'm a karaoke guy. What's your go-to? Skater boy. Oh, really? No question. Well, I have a few. It depends. I have to read the crowd. Because okay. I'll, if it's like <laughs> it if depends I'm, on the mood. If I'm pretty drunk and like I've had like a drunk cigarette outside and I know my voice is hoarse, I'm yeah. gonna do Let It Go from Frozen because I know the pipes aren't wow, there. These are and unexpected. I could, and I could kind of just rip it and get the. I crowd thought you were gonna fall. go with like a like a Billy Joel or something. Right. Like that. No, no. I thought not. you'd have a male singer. But yeah. Those were Avril Lavigne and Adina Menzel. <laughs> well, if I'm really like feeling it, I'll do shouts part one and two. Okay. You know, I'm like a crowd get involved kind of guy. And I could also, if I'm like really feeling myself and I'm wearing like a, like I'm let's say I'm wearing this jean jacket, like yeah. a leather jacket, I'll do, are you going to be my girl by jet? Okay. That's yeah. good. But it's not about me though. It's about no. you well, today. I'll tell you mine. Show. Mine's baby got back by Sir Mix-a-Lot. Really? Can you, that is a crowd pleaser. That's right a crowd pleaser. People are always shocked. And by the end you're like, you literally drop the mic and people are just like, whoa, what just happened? But you That's have to awesome. know, you have to know. Oh, I know every song. single word. I mean, I've memorized it in sixth grade. I'm a little older than you guys. Um, so it was like a badge of honor to memorize that song <laughs> back in the nineties. Damn, that's like cool. So I still So you can spit that. it. You can spit oh, yeah. it quite fast. Oh yeah. I'm not gonna do it right now. No, no, you don't have to. But uh as if especially with the words on the screen it makes it even easier. But uh, I, don't, I don't even yeah. need the words. But yeah, you that, could that's do my... that song without the words. That's impressive. No, Party you know what trip. you do is you you look at the screen first and then you turn to the crowd right. and just rip it. And just shock them. <laughs> well, people just don't expect it. You know, that's what I like about it. But then there's like, you know, sometimes again, depending on the mood, boys to men on bended knees or a big one. That's a good um, that's a yeah. That's an that's an intense one. Yeah. I like to I'm a big duet guy. Oh. And I will uh I'll do a no air. Jordan oh, Sparks, Chris no, Brown. Wow, it's a, good one it's a tough one. It's a, it's a tough one. Yeah. I've, I've, we used to go to this to get on a tangent here. We used to go to this <laughs> karaoke bar in uh, Florence, Italy, all the time uh, when we were studying when abroad. When we were abroad, there. yeah. And I was with a bunch of theater kids because we were studying theater there. And there was this one musical theater guy, and he really had he like would prepare the songs. Well, by the way, that's the thing about doing karaoke in Los Angeles. Most of the people here are professionals, <laughs> so it's like American Idol. I know. Like, yeah. I, that's why I do Baby Got Back, because it's you know more spoken than sung, because everyone else is a professional singer. I, so. Yeah, I love yeah. that. I yeah. love getting up there and being a fool in front of them. Yeah. But the, this kid was like, and he came out, and he's like, I'm going to do uh, Can You Feel the Love Tonight. Oh, yeah. I was like, what do you mean? Disney like, songs are big. I was like, I was like, dude, this is going to bomb. <laughs> because this is like a serious song. Yeah. And you're going to take it really seriously. Yeah. And dude, like people are like weeping and yeah. like sweating. Oh, crushed i'm he, sure yo, dude it was amazing i was like sh- i was like so happy to be i've never been so happy to be wrong in my where is he life. now broadway no he's in los angeles <laughs> oh, okay he's like i think he just filmed something nice. i don't know it was like you never know people's you instagrams know. <laughs> right. you know, they can't really show things but like they're like you know rap just rap to film right. you don't even know what they filmed honestly <laughs> right they're like just book something and it's a picture of books like, right <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And they're throwing books around yeah. yeah next thing you know you see him like the adult adult entertainment industry oh. but i'd be i'd be happy for him whatever pays the bills exactly <laughs> that's why i keep telling my mom whatever pays the bills <laughs> right which apparently out. glendale easter bunny mall is right i have this weird yeah. visual of like do little kids want a picture of like a grown man in just the ears <laughs> that's that's what like, Nick's doing. I, it's gotta no. be the full costume because <laughs> no. if it's glendale that's like the grove they have their own yeah. version of the grove the americana there yeah it's got to be the full bunny costume he we read the they wouldn't we, just do the ears would we, we read the description and that's what it was just the ears it's kind of bizarre it's i mean that's what, it is. Hey, listen, it's uncomfortable, <laughs> and it's a weird reason to miss the show. I'm not letting my kid take a picture with him. Right. No way. <laughs> I know, especially in this climate. Yeah, yeah my kids yeah. aren't sitting on some guy's lap. <laughs> what were people like right. in, the, in the 70s and 80s? No one give a shit. Right. Like, you could sit. You could. You could leave your kid in the car. 
That's right. like that's that era. I wouldn't even leave my dog in the car ever. No, dude. And people used to leave their children in the car. I some people like I'm like yeah I'll wait in the car and my friends will freak out. I'm like, dude, I'm an adult. <laughs> right. Like, come on. Exactly. <laughs> Scary I'm times. A grown man. Like my <laughs> kids stay in the car by myself. This is ridiculous. Um, but we're going to four down territory. That was a Let's great pregame it. show. Uh, <laughs> we're time to rock and roll with it. Uh, question number one. First down. Mm-hmm. You have this amazing documentary out on Netflix, which Thank we you. just watched today. And oh, actually, awesome. yeah. We and tops. You watched it last night. Did you I like ripped it? it. I actually really loved it. Thanks. I didn't. I I, I didn't know. I'm not a big meme guy, to okay. be honest. I, I kind of avoided that culture. Right. I'll laugh at it. You know, I'm not yeah. like cynical and like screw that type yeah. thing. But it's, it's not what I expected at all. Right. Well, the title originally, actually, I don't even know if people know this. The original title was just Fame, and we were going to do a documentary about fame. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the more you interview people, you realize how important social media is in their life to stay relevant and stay famous. Mm-hmm. And over time, the director, Burt Marcus, who's a good friend of mine, uh, changed the title to American Meme as a play on American Dream. Like the new American mm-hmm. dream uh, is to be famous on social media. The uh, meme. The American meme instead of American dream. So it's not really about very, memes. It's very creative, though. Very yeah, creative. It, very it, was, creative title. it was a very cool title. And a um, little backstory on that. Uh, we probably started it like three years ago. Um, Bert and I sat down, went through our phones, and we were like, how many of our friends, you know, got famous on Instagram, Twitter, even going back to MySpace? You know, Dane Cook became famous on MySpace, so that's why we asked him to do the documentary. The BK Lounge is like one of the <laughs> right. best, oh, the sets best of all time. He's pickles, the best. Yeah. Extra pickles. That for Harmful of Swallowed, his first Comedy so Central funny. special. Amazing. Um, and so, you know, we must have interviewed. 20 or 30 people probably 12 or 15 are actually in the film made the cut but we had i I wonder what bert's gonna do with the the other footage we got to do something but they're you know interviewed everybody about what it's like to be famous how they got famous and uh then over the course of like two years collecting interviews editing it bert put together this amazing film and it got into the tribeca film festival last year and then it sold to netflix and then so you, you wait from april to december for the world to see it so by the end of it, it was like a three-year process. But then wow. everyone got to see it. It was awesome. I mean, I how much like has social media changed even since well, you guys like started it? I know it's actually you know? pretty amazing. Like uh, in that time, you know, that the rose that started as a joke on Fat Jew's Instagram account became like the best-selling rose in the world or in the country. So he these, was amazing. Yeah, these jokes. He was my favorite part of the documentary. Yeah, a lot of people say that. Yeah. But a lot of people's like jokes that they just posted a funny Instagram turns into a real business, you know? So it's pretty amazing the reach that you have now. Yeah, I mean, to show like who these people are as people, as right. individuals, and, and to hear their voice about it, I mean, really like put some perspective on the fat Jewish is an incredibly intelligent guy. Yeah. He knows exactly what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's like, they so all do, by the way. Yeah. yeah That's yeah, the thing. Absolutely. Paris Hilton is smart. She always she, did that like voice. 100%. She did like the baby voice on right. Simple Life, but that, that I've known her, I've known her. A long time. And uh, in real life, she has a different voice. She has a normal speaking voice. Yeah, to parallel it to a guy in sports that we talk about a lot, LeVar Ball Uh is, I think, a really intelligent man. Right. And he just knows how to stir the pot. Oh, he's fucking brilliant, dude. He knows exactly what he's doing the entire (laughs) time. Right. He just knows how to market. And and that's what these people do. They become a character. Brittany Furlan, she knows to do these six-second vines, crazy characters. She was awesome. I didn't... She's cool, too. I I never heard of her. Really? Really? Yeah, I... I, I, You probably, like, knew some of her vines, though. I was right. I didn't didn't do the vines. Uh, You know what? I actually didn't do vine, either. She was dating a friend of mine who's a director, and I met her, and then I started, you know, just to get to know her, and I was like, wait, she's the most viewed person on Vine. And so when we started putting the documentary together, I was like, Brittany Furlan's got to be on to represent 
divine people, you know. But it's like not. It's like four billion loops. It's insane because it's six seconds, so the same people are watching it a few times. But it still adds up. Four so, billion is crazy. So who surprised you the most out of everybody you've interviewed? Um, like, for like, the documentary. Yeah. Um, uh, hmm. I don't know. I guess everybody in their own way. I I would say the feedback I've gotten on it, Paris Hilton, probably people are like. like People are like, I have such a newfound, I've always known it, knowing her, but people say, you know, I have a newfound respect for Paris, the business person, after watching your movie. Yeah. I didn't know she was such a good, like, I knew, like, I had a, I, okay, I, I didn't know she was saying, I didn't know she was such a good person, maybe the wrong way of putting it, but I didn't know, like, her outreach. Entrepreneur, yeah. Well, as, like, an entrepreneur, or as, like, what she, like, the, like, the little Hiltons, like, actually, the way she oh, touches people's lives. Yeah. I had no idea that and, it was, you a know, a lot of it's international, like, we don't see it as much, maybe, in America, but around the world, she's huge, she travels the world. All year long, she said 250 you know, days appearances year, yeah. and DJing, and so to capture that, I think the movie does a great job capturing who she really is. Yeah, um, I remember she was doing a DJ gig in Cannes a few years ago, and I was out at the Cannes Film Festival, so I was hanging out with her at, at her DJ gig. I think it was a place called VIP, uh, and just the people, <laughs> and they had those light sticks with her name on them just like but like waving them in the air and people were going crazy for her and then they put us a couple of us in like a little vip section like mm-hmm. away from everybody and we, I, I got to talk to her about it and i was like this is insane and i was like what is like you know what's the plan with all of this and she was like i want to be uh like elizabeth taylor like not in the acting way but in the branding way elizabeth yeah. taylor had all those like perfumes and jewelry lines and that's what paris wants she has like 19 perfumes that are all bestsellers dude that, like it's crazy i've like recently learned this in the last year you can make money oh yeah off fragrances and <laughs> <Yes>. smells <laughs> yeah i actually went to like one of our partners because we're doing a we're, we're doing a clothing line that uh toss and i designed with one of our other friends it's in fashion oh awesome yeah and it's underwear um okay. hat and a shirt okay because that's how you pretty much start a clothing <laughs> right. line underwear okay. hat and a shirt right um no pants no pants no, <laughs> not yet and we haven't hit because like the pants idea hasn't come to us yet <laughs> okay like the other things everything kind I of just feel really like great. people are so comfortable wearing jeans all the time that it's like, I, yeah this, oh right we I gotta would. we gotta figure something like really really creative could, to break could, into that market that could be the marketing you already have that's jeans true. let us help here's you what you don't have yeah, yeah exactly that's a great one see i'm so glad we met this guy yeah but honestly it's the fragrances, I told them, like, we have to, we have to make them smell. It's wild. We yeah. have to make some kind of smell. Like, that's yeah. like, like a, like it smells solid. Oh, yeah. Like, well, if, if you have a name, especially, people want, think that if they wear that, they're going to smell like you. So your fans out there will, yeah, will follow. I, I mean, just like seeing what she's done for young people, you know, coming into themselves and like figuring out how to express themselves yeah. is like really empowering it's pretty it's pretty cool, pretty cool. and yeah. i mean same thing for like you hear emily radikowski talking about it too like totally. she wants to be a brand right she wants to tell people the story of models not just like show the pictures of them right you know? and what would have happened like back in the day when you were you know the beautiful girl in a music video you might have been anonymous you know but now she actually was able to make a name for herself off the robin thick video because she had an instagram account so there was somewhere to find her right outside of the music video social media allows yeah. people to brand themselves exactly yeah. yeah i mean she and she's not afraid to send a message no she's got she's she's, she's cool. right yeah she's in she's smash mouth in your face she's <laughs> yeah kind of badass yeah and she was very cool so I'm yeah I, I felt like we kind of got the best people we could for the documentary to it, represent it was just because you look at the name and that's what i like i guess that's what i liked so much about it, it was because it surprised me yeah it wasn't like one of these documentaries it's not like the oj documentary which i know exactly <laughs> but i know exactly what's going to happen in the oj documentary right i know exactly how i'm going to feel at the end of that right i know there's not it's, whatever i see is not going to change my mind <laughs> right. and that whole thing i the same thing with michael jackson right my mind is made up 
Mm. This, I didn't know what I was going to expect. I was like, all right, I'm going to listen to like a bunch of like ridiculous, <laughs> a bunch of ridiculous people. But these people are actually, they're brilliant. Yeah. I mean, in the way that like the Firefest totally. documentary shows like the pitfalls of what social media can have. Exactly. Like American meme kind of shows the, the amount of like praise people can receive and like how it can be really, really beneficial right. for society. So I think it was really cool for me to see that. And I also Thanks. think just in the scope of like sports, it's really interesting, like what athletes are doing now, Absolutely. creating their own personal brands via right. social media. Even would if, you do one with athletes? Uh, that would be interesting. Yeah, I could talk to Bert about that. Bert, it, Bert Marcus is like the mastermind behind these documentaries. There's one you should watch called Champs that he did with Mike Tyson. So you guys would love that. I, I'll, I'll actually, I, I just clocked that. He did that yeah. in like 2015. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll tell him he should be a guest and talk to you guys about uh, it. Absolutely, we would love that. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I would love. I would like love to meet Mike Tyson from like far. Well, I don't know about Mike, but Bert. No, yeah, no, I'm not <laughs> saying no. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. I'm not trying to like right. throw you on the spot. Like, no, I, no, I'm no. trying to let you know. Like, I hey, listen, yeah. I mean, he's like. <laughs> He's he's a beast. Dude. Yeah, is that one on Netflix, champs? It might be on Netflix or it's on we'll iTunes. It yeah, yeah, I saw it on Google. It yeah, was there. We but I, but I will say this: so our movie came out December seventh on Netflix, and it was one of the first things I've been involved in that came out 150 countries or something, or mm-hmm. like 192 million people all the same day had access to it. I've never kind of experienced something like that, and so at midnight on Friday, December seventh, it was like out to the world. And usually when you make a movie, you direct it or produce it or whatever, uh, you hope people will go to the theater to see it and pay money for a ticket and everything else that goes along with going to see a movie in the theater. Or if it comes out on iTunes, you hope they'll download it and pay for it. But Netflix, you don't have to ask them to pay for anything. They already subscribe. So I've never seen such immediate feedback the day something came out on Twitter and Instagram and like especially Instagram stories. Everyone was showing like they're laying in bed on a Friday night watching American meme from their bed was such a cool thing. I was like, I can't believe it's like out to the world all at once like in that. one shot. Like that. Very cool. So yeah, and I have total respect for Netflix, what they're doing, getting it, getting content out to people I mean, it's in insane, that way. Dude. It's yeah. in like, we're like sitting here patting ourselves on the back, like <laughs> make two podcast episodes a week. These guys made like three shows today, like since we've sat down. Right, exactly. <laughs> New things have dropped. Yeah. And it's like, I, I kind of like it all in one shot. I'm a binger. No, now it's a whole new world. Everyone is. Yeah, it wasn't like that before, but now I'm like, I'll just wait. Yeah. I'll wait till there's six episodes built up before I watch or yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah. Or now they're just releasing the entire <laughs> right. season at I once, know. you know, exactly. rather than right. rather yeah. than breaking it up episode right. by episode. Netflix did it first with House of Cards. That was the first one. And again, yeah. I thought it was crazy. I was like, but then everyone already watched it. And then how are you going to get people talking about it over time? But people find it on their own schedule and it just kind of lasts yeah. forever. And, and it's it, weird that like they figured out this time... A year is just enough time for you not to forget about it and yeah. still be that much more excited when the second season comes around. Right, that's true. And then all of a sudden people, oh my God, <laughs> everyone's about to watch the second season. I haven't even seen the first day. Exactly. Boom, I have to go watch the first. Exactly. And then it's right there. They make it so easy. Hulu also, they make it so easy for you to catch up. And then you yeah. just kind of, then you're in the conversation. Yeah. That's what it's all People about. are smart. <laughs> They're very smart. Yeah, yeah man. But uh, I definitely want to do more stuff with Netflix yeah, after exactly. that experience. You, you enjoy working with them? It was awesome. Yeah. I mean, they acquired it at the Tribeca Film Festival, so... It was more they were distributing it, you know. We didn't yeah. make it with them, but um, it says Netflix original on it, so it's got the branding. Yeah, and it's kind of badass. Yeah, it's very I would love cool. to have like a film. Yeah, we did yeah. the premiere at their headquarters, which was cool. Really? We, wow. Like the Netflix employees were there, and they were talking about how much they loved it. And Paris was there with her whole family, and it was cool. It was fun. What was like the headquarters like? Snacks? And um, super, yeah, they had a nice. It's little close. Kitchen. It's just east of here, right? Yeah, in Hollywood. It, yeah, it's in Hollywood. Yeah, it's actually the theater wasn't huge. It was like a very Friends and family, hundred person premiere, but um, but yeah, it's they've got some nice digs. The cool thing is, we walk in and the whole lobby that night was American Meme, 
I've got videos of it. Just like the entire wall, you you pan the take a video and just pan the room, and the entire wall is just a poster of American Meme, like lit up. It was very cool. That's super cool. Yeah, badass. Yeah, it was cool. Kudos to Burt Marcus for making that happen. Burt Marcus, and you know, you usually can't trust somebody with two first names. This guy is the. I was about to say Burt's got a. He's got a great athlete name. Oh yeah, Burt Marcus. He sounds like freaking running back or mowed you down in the eighties, like Miami Dolphins or Pittsburgh Steelers, Smash Mouth football, or like a massive pitcher that just like steps on the mound. You're like Burt Marcus. Oh no, six five played coming to the mound. Played like the Baltimore Orioles randomly, but threw gas and like had like twenty win seasons from like eighty seven to nine. 91. I don't know. We're just spitballing here. When <laughs> <laughs> you could go back in time. Uh, we'll move on to question number two. So that's what okay. you've made. Now you've got something coming out in a sports perspective. Yeah. Um, in basically it's well for players tribune the players tribune it's yeah. basically before players will write letters to themselves yeah well just write letters you know out in general kind of connecting fans to their experience as athletes yeah and it's it's like a, instead of the it's the letter version which is it's a very interesting take because Derek Jeter started about 2015 2016 yeah something like and that, yeah, something like Maybe that. Even earlier. and it's instead of going to the video mm-hmm. right, and going to YouTube route which ESPN did there's nothing wrong with that they did some like E60 shorts I could I mean Carl Crawford's Patrick Willis's those are two of my favorites to name few um and you just get a feel for these guys lives and what they had to go through right. to get to this point but that's patrick willis who is an all pro like four or five times over call crawford at a seven year 142 million dollar deal this guy vernon turner who yeah. is a returner in the 90s mm-hmm. like not even like a joshua cribs devin hester he's an nfl player but mm-hmm. he's not like an all-star superstar he returner. played he only played six seasons in the nfl which is amazing. On like four teams, yeah. Yeah, on yeah. Like four teams. Wait for the what? The Buccaneers, the Rams, the Bills, the Bills. and the Broncos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he does have the first uh, punt return touchdown for the Buccaneers. In, yes. In, franchise. in their franchises, which is pretty awesome. Which is pretty awesome. But he has this unbelievable story and he pens this on the letter he writes yeah. to himself. So you it's a letter, specifically letter to my younger self. Yes. So it's basically to his taking, 15-year-old self. Right. So it's yeah. taking all the wisdom you've acquired in your life and now giving advice to your younger self. If if you knew then what you know now. But it's all while it, also like explaining his story kind yeah, of too. Absolutely. And yeah. They yeah, did yeah. such a great job putting that together. The letters. The letter, um, <laughs> it's like unbelievably written. It's unbelievable. But the but and even the coolest part is he writes it to a moment. Yep. It's not even Specific. like it's not even like, okay, when you're fifteen. It's not even like, okay, like your junior year of high school, this is what happens. Right. It's to that exact moment that he's picturing. I mean, you he puts you there. I don't even know what this guy looks like. Right. And I'm picturing, I'm even picturing, I'm picturing like myself mm-hmm. kneeling at your bed with your hands clashing your head in your hands. Yeah, it's powerful. It's powerful. No crying. He's literally trying to, like, you know, he's wishing, he's wishing his mother dead. Spoiler alert. It's like you find that out at the beginning though. And he basically goes on about his whole life. And this is not a player that you know. This is not a household name. I mean, I'd be shocked if, like, even, like, the most knowledgeable sports fans were like, oh, yeah, I, I'm, they've clocked that guy, and I hadn't heard of him, and I've heard of, like, most of most Yeah, people. I'm sure fans of those teams in the 90s definitely knew who he but was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, but you are teaming up with the, the Players' Tribune. Well, I'll give you the backstory, actually. So Vernon has a self-published autobiography uh, called The Next Level. Okay. So um, I started a production company called Magic Hour with – uh, my friend Josh Circuit and Josh met Vernon and he's like I met this guy and I think you know his story is a movie and he's like there's a book a uh, self-published autobiography check it out I checked it out I was like this is a movie and so this is probably November December 2015 I want to say uh, and so we optioned the book and the life rights from Vernon Turner and about six months later uh, the letter to my younger self comes out on Players Tribune and we were already kind of developing the movie already 
And I believe the story goes that Derek Jeter read it on Players Tribute and called Vernon personally and was like, I was so moved by your letter to your younger self that I would like to turn it into a movie. And he was like, well, these guys in LA are already <laughs> doing it, but maybe you guys can team up. Yeah. And so we met with them and we teamed up. But in the interim, and actually I should say, uh, a writer named Brad Gann came on board and he adapted the script from the book and the letter. And he wrote Invincible, the Mark Wahlberg movie. Mark Wahlberg, yeah. Vince Papali. Exactly. Yeah. The Eagles movie. So he was like the perfect writer for this. Oh, yeah. Cause he, it's, I mean, it's a, good, it's a different genre of film. Exactly. It's a specific, very specific dr- drama, true story, football player, you know, against all odds kind of story. And when story. you're filming, but I'm not, sure. not really about the football per se. Yeah. It's football kind of is half a, and Football half. is a tool. Totally. Yeah. Like a backdrop. It's yeah. kind of like a Friday Night Light situation. Where right. Like they where play it's... football like 10 minutes and they <laughs> that in the episode and everything right. else is just Football is what they do, but it's not who they are. But it's also. So how did he, uh, you know, he had all this adversity in his life and he still made it in the NFL, you know, against all odds. So uh, Brad Gann wrote the script. He also wrote Soul Surfer about the surfer, you know, mm-hmm. who lost arm. Arm. Yeah, yeah. So he's written these true story sports kind of related movies. And he came on, he wrote an incredible script. Um, in the interim, the option ran out with Players Tribune. So we're still doing it um, on our own as Magic Hour. Um and now we're actually talking to uh, Gabrielle Union about coming on and playing the mom in the flashbacks. Because wow. the movie is told kind of like in the same way as This Is Us, where it's like keeps going back and forth. So it's not in order of just kid and then grows into an adult. It's constantly going back and forth to pre- you know present mm-hmm. day, which is the 90s in the movie, back to his childhood. And so uh, we're talking with Gabrielle Union about playing the mom in the, those parts of the movie. She'd be fantastic. She'd in that. be amazing. Yeah, I think like some really like good parts though. Oh, really good parts. The stepdad. The stepdad Sam is an amazing role. What happened is the mom remarried. Uh, this man Sam moved them to Staten Island, a white neighborhood. So he was the only black kid in this. He white was Italian, right? Yes, yeah, Sam yep. was Italian, and so now Vernon's growing up as if his life already wasn't against the odds. Now he's the only black kid in a white neighborhood, you know, and so just constantly challenges and and you know it's the story is overcoming these challenges and making it you know and it's yeah. really kind of it's miraculous i mean what stuck out to me when reading it is that like his awareness of how he couldn't have done it alone <laughs> oh right and how no one can do it alone right was what really spoke to me right mm. his high school coach plays fred a, plays a yeah. huge role yeah i mean his stepdad who he stepdad. at first was you know not a huge fan of <laughs> right and then ends up becoming, you know, there's a great moment where I won't, I'll spoil it. He calls him dad in like a very pivotal moment in right. his life. And it, it just like makes it that much yeah, more impactful. Yeah, and the stepdad actually introduced him to football. Um, that's, that's right. That's, that's how right. he became a football fan yeah. in the first place. But he was a Jets fan, right? right? And exactly. they were playing the Bears. Right. And they saw Walter Payton play. And it's so right. interesting that he, because again, like it's not even like we're talking about this guy who went to the NFL. Amazing. He didn't even go to like a big, he went to Cameron Newman. Right. Which is in Tennessee, I guarantee you, none of our <laughs> listeners, and there's no shot against them. Right. I, I hadn't even heard of the college either. It's not in the NCAA, it's in the NAIA, which is so ironic because Walter Payton had mm-hmm. played in the NAIA right. at Jackson State. Right, and this, you know? that was his idol. That was his idol. I mean, come yeah. on. And he reaches but, out to him. That's a great moment, too. When he writes the letter. He writes a letter to him, yeah, and he gets advice back. Something about letters, man. Dude, no, you know what? I always, my friends always joke, like, Brett and the magic letters. I've been writing letters since I'm a little kid to like people I admired and they write back. Like it's not so common. Well, maybe now with social media, it's easier. But back then writing a physical letter to somebody, yeah. I used to get responses, you know, because I think it's a rare art. Oh, it's, it's awesome. The handwritten letter. Who, If you could write a letter, I mean, you've written it before. If you could write a letter to somebody <laughs> now, I'm just kind of tangenting, who would you now, write to? Um, being in LA for 15, 16 years, I've gotten to meet a lot of people, but 
uh, still waiting to meet Steven Spielberg, who was like my childhood idol. So <laughs> yeah. I'd write him a letter, but I'd more just want to like go to dinner and talk at this point. You know? Yeah, like, yeah, chat um, it up with him. yeah, chat it up. I'm still waiting for that. Everyone's got that though, <laughs> one person. Yeah, Spielberg Ooh, for yeah. sure. Easy, easy money. Yeah, that's a good one. He, he I mean, he's a Jew too. So you exactly. got to you got to <laughs> It'll be a very comfortable <laughs> dinner. A very comfortable dinner. You know what the food you're going to get. You know where right. you're going. You know what you can and can't eat if right. you're keeping exactly. kosher. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, I feel like Spielberg eats whatever he wants. Yeah, probably. Yeah, at this point, we'll like, go wherever we yeah. want. <laughs> wherever he wants. Yeah, it's on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so it's when you, you haven't started production. No, no, no. So we're in the process right now of figuring all that out when we're going to shoot it and um, you know, just putting the pieces of the puzzle together, figuring out the director, uh, which will be awesome. And uh, yeah, it's it's really exciting because it's a story that I think is really going to resonate with people. It's a movie, man. I, I mean, I think that sure. some of these stories can be told, you know, in the documentary style. Right. But then some can transfer over into a narrative film. Yeah, and I'm like, this is one that really works. Yeah, because of the back and forth, the nonlinear style of the script. I think yeah. it really... It tells the story in such an incredible way. I'm excited to see who plays his older self, I mean, (laughs) his current self and his younger self. Yeah, well, the younger self, I would like young Randall from This Is Us, Lonnie Chavez. Mm -hmm. He's a young actor, and I've actually gotten the script to him and his mom and his manager, so I believe they've read it. And uh, yeah, older Vernon, we'll see. Uh, You'd probably have two versions, just probably two. You could do three, but I think we'll do like little kid version and then high school, college version. The mom, the stepdad, like you said, the high school coach, the college coach, the aunt, uh, the aunt, right, the, the grandma. And I imagine grandma. that there will be like one kid on the college team that ends up <laughs> becoming like maybe a bigger story point. I don't yeah, know. maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, I, I'm no, I just feel like there's a lot of like there's a lot of room for like race relations and how that absolutely has changed oh, and, yeah. and things like that. I mean, it's yeah. a very relevant script. It took right place now. in the '80s. Drug right, addiction, exactly. race right. relations, '80s, '80s. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think uh, hopefully, knock on wood, but. uh it would be in like the Oscar conversation, like in a year or two or three. You know, we both cr- <laughs> we both individually cried. That's what I, everybody said. I did. I cried. On I was in a coffee shop and I was like, I need to leave to finish this letter That's because so because I it. I'm gonna cry if, wow. like in front of all these people. Yeah, huh. which like who cares? And That's then I, powerful. You know, I should have just cried. Second time but... I cried on the couch this week. Really? <laughs> yeah, because I watched the docu the 2000s. You know, mm-hmm. the oh yeah, yeah. And I think the third episode was like the Bush Gore election right. title. I'm like, okay, I can watch this. Right. You know, it's traumatic. It's traumatic, dude. Yeah. dude the 911s. I hadn't seen that yeah, stuff in so wild. long. It's and being lot. from that area, I mean, you know, like that hits home. Absolutely. I mean, you were in college in New York. Yeah, yeah. And I had an internship um, summer 2001 at a company called Hypnotic. It's Doug Lyman's production company. And it was on South Street Seaport. And you can see the Brooklyn Bridge and you can see the Twin Towers. So I saw them every day that summer. And that was until August. Then I went back up to Syracuse and two weeks later, three weeks later, it happened. I was like, how could this be? I saw those every day from my. Yeah. window like how is this possible so it's crazy disbelief totally but going back to vernon for a second i think after this movie comes out he'll have a whole second career as like a motivational speaker like speaking engagement sharing his story with people well you spoke to him how's he he's i'm sure he sounds like he's oh you would talk. love it when he's in la he lives in houston next time he's in la if it's on a wednesday i'll make sure he's a guest on your show he'll move, be happy we, to do we it would move it around for oh yeah <laughs> just to talk about this letter and he, yeah he, you'll love him he's so because then you'll you'll also feel like when you complain about stuff, you're like, what am I complaining about? This guy has a smile on his face. Never Look compl- what he's been through. I will yeah. never complain. <laughs> I, I literally flipped through my mind. Like, I mean, he's he's been a man. Right. A man since he was 11 years old. Yeah. He was exactly. braiding hair. Right. Like a guy, like a 11-year-old boy. Uh, Josh and I aren't men now. <laughs> no, dude. Like, I was like, right. 
like started the vacuum like was a big accomplishment for me right. weeks ago. I was like, damn, like I'm like rocking it. with it, you know. I get that. The ability to, keep, to maintain a carpet in my house. Yeah, but people are so moved by that letter that I can only imagine the movie. It's like. Um, I sent it to a director friend of mine, just as like a, just putting it out there, like, you know, maybe you'd like to direct this movie. And he called me and he goes, Brett, I just read the letter of my younger self. I'm in the back of a van scouting locations on another movie he was working on. He goes, I'm crying in the back of the van. And he's like, I needed to talk to you immediately. So I was like, a director, a movie director is crying in the back of his location scout van. Yeah. Because he read the letter of my younger self. Oh, yeah, you know you have something. So there's a movie there. There's yeah, 100% for sure. a movie there. So in the, keeping in theme yes. of that letter, if you could go back in time to your younger <laughs> self, and you're, you're young, so it's not that. 30s. 30s, yeah. Late 30s. Thir- late, that's <laughs> chilling, dude. I know people, I mean, people I work with are in their 40s. Okay. You know, you know, 30s is 30s. It doesn't matter if it's late or early. True. You young, know? dude. Yeah, that's young to me, honestly. I, I like used that. to. I mean, everyone I look at, I'm like, oh, that guy, you look like you're like 28. Thanks. I like that. I'm like, and I'm like, I'm gonna be honest. Honestly, I'm a terrible judge of age. Okay, I was like, this, no, I, you're a great judge of age. I was like, at work, I was like to this like, woman, I'm like, you're talking. I'm like, wait, you're, you're 25. Like, what are you like? You're you're older than me. Well, there is something about LA that's funny. Like, people can be 20 or they could be 50. Like, you're like, how old is that? Yeah, it's right? so like, ambiguous. It's just kind of everyone just kind of hangs yeah. together, and then you're like, wait, you're only 25. Someone <laughs> someone thought that I was. This was how I, old I had I had 24, 24, 23. I had like facial hair like a week ago and a guy was like, yeah, like we're both in our early thirties. And I was like, and I was like, whoa, hold on, man. How old do you think I am? Ran home, shaved. And then, no, no, no. I was like, I'm 23. And he was like, no way. And I was like, how old are you? And he was like 28. And I was like, dude, you're not even in your early thirties. He's he's completely lost at this point. This gentleman has no idea what's going on in his life. But the, I, I, I had a beard and people were like, all right, 27. (laughs) And I shaved. Someone asked me if I was in high school. Wow. That which is ridiculous. I don't look like I'm in high school. By the way, how many actors do we know that play high school? Probably that are in their twenties and thirties. The Hannah brother from Hannah Montana. When he was the brother in Hannah Montana, he was thirty. I think thirty-one. Andrea Zuckerman from Beverly Hills 90210 was in her thirties. Yeah, I mean, I I would say that the majority (laughs) of high school act high school characters are played by mid twenties actors. Oh yeah, Yeah. the Pretty Little Liars girls are like thirty. I'm Mm -hmm. like, you played high school last year? That's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, but it's it's very rare that goes either. Only Turtle, I think. person to ever play up really yeah he's like, 20, he's like 21 uh, like 22 jerry ferrara when he got the job yeah i think and like, he actually wow. looks younger now because he lost all the he, weight yeah he yeah. yeah yeah he looks great he what a, what a he was the perfect person of anyone in that movie in that, in that tv show he's he was, the man he was the man you a fan of that show of course i yeah. mean i was i was an assistant in la like getting into the whole hollywood business you were when you that, were brett ratner's yes, a little bit, weren't you? yeah three years more than a little bit but uh, during that time, the movie came out, and uh, or not the movie, the show came out. The movie was years later, uh, but the Entourage TV show came out, and it, you know they'd film it where I was having lunch every day, you know, like Earth Cafe and Fred Siegel, and yeah, and yeah, yeah. so like my life, I felt like everyone back home in New York and New Jersey could kind of get a glimpse into what I was living because Entourage was showing the bars I go to and the clubs I go to and the restaurants I go to. So it was kind of cool that they were documenting, like you know, like Wait, that period of time. Were you Radner's yeah. assistant? When he was in the episode. Are you talking about the episode? Yes. Yeah. Were so, you in the episode? Well, I'll tell you that story. So that's, cr- there's an, that's there's a an, great question. I, I love Entourage. Okay. There's, an, ep- there's an episode where Johnny twice. Drama Johnny Drama <laughs> yeah, forces yeah, yeah, him, yeah. himself yes. onto Rush Hour 3. I right. know, yeah, yeah. And he goes to the house and he's in the hot tub. Okay, I'll tell you guys and a story Ratner's that assistant, you're, you're going to love. Okay. okay. So I was Brett Ratner's assistant while that was happening. And I was on the set when they were filming that. 
Um, so before they wrote the episode, uh, we had spent the day with Doug Ellen, who created the show. Right. And I remember he was hanging out at Brett's house, and then we had lunch at the Ivy, just me, Brett, and Doug Ellen. And he literally spent the entire day with us, maybe a couple of days with us, kind of observing and coming up with ideas for the episode and you know, getting Brett's character down and everything. And so then he writes the episode, and they send out breakdowns to cast the other roles. And so anyone who knows actors, you know, they get these breakdowns, which is like a summary of of different available acting roles out there. Yeah, of course. So there was a role being cast, Brett Ratner's assistant. So everyone I knew who was getting this audition started emailing it to me. They're like, <laughs> do you realize they're casting the role of Brett Ratner's assistant? I was like, I just spent days with Doug Ellen. This is based on me. So I went in to audition for it because I was like, Brett Ratner's assistant, I'm going to play myself. <laughs> went in on audition for it. And then I find out that an actor named Jonathan Sadowski got it. And I was like, what the? I was like, who the blank is Jonathan Sadowski? And you can cuss on the show, but I know. Well, I just want to be polite. Oh. But anyway, so so anyway, the irony is, I'm good friends with Jonathan to this day. We met because of that experience. Amazing. But he played me on Entourage, <laughs> and I was so bummed. I was like, I wanted to play it. He just, I guess, did a better job than I did. <laughs> that's not, that's Dude, actually isn't you that, isn't have that a character crazy? Because crazy. I've seen Entourage twice. Yeah, it's pretty much when we came out here. You've only seen two episodes? No, no, I've seen oh, the whole show. The whole series yeah, no, twice. Okay. Good. I failed my Thank failed goodness. my stats. <laughs> I, I was in the, I was in taking math. I took yeah. stats for fun in college. I was like dumb with school. It was like this when I was a <laughs> sophomore in college. Okay. And I um was taking stats. I'm like, dude, what am I like I'm gonna be an actor? Mm. I got I, 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 I promise. Letter to my older self. Letter this is not going to matter. Self, right? This is not <laughs> like going to matter. Dude, you're not going to, this doesn't make a difference, you know, to what you're going to have. So I just stopped studying. Took watch, this, Entourage. watch Entourage. I learned more about what I needed to do in that than I did well, studying for stats. To go, I actually learned something. Exactly. To go, you studied Entourage instead. To go along with that. I, so I went to Syracuse University. There's a school there, the Newhouse School of mm-hmm. Communications. Yeah, of course. And I was a TRF major, which is television radio film. At UT, we do <coughs> RTF. Oh, radio RTF? Tele- yeah, 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 TRF. You guys um, prioritize the right things? I, not really, no. Like, why is film last? I was why like, is radio it should first? be like TV and film or film and TV. <laughs> yeah, radio's <laughs> in the middle. Radio. <laughs> radio show. So, yeah. They need to oh, scrap exactly. radio anyway. Yeah, exactly. Just TV and film. Yeah. So anyway, so uh, I used to be able to watch movies and TV shows for my homework. And like roommates at the time would be like, like, you're doing homework right now? I was like, yeah, of course. Like I'd be like watching a movie and like writing about it. I'm like, I'm doing what I love. Like I'm majoring in film because I love it. So my homework, yeah, is watching movies and studying movies. And I'd have a class like there was a class TV of the 80s and 90s, three hours every Monday night, like seven to 10, where we would just watch like three episodes of Twin Peaks and then talk about it after. And so it was it was awesome so but it's like you really were studying i mean yes you were watching entourage but in a way you were preparing for life in la yeah i mean that's about all my classes were like i mean the stats thing was just literally because i was so bored (laughs) right because i was bending all these animal classes we had to take that freshman year statistics 101 or whatever yeah that was like a requirement we, our, my, all my classes were acting and writing classes. Right. I, I got a writing major later on. All the yeah. other classes were acting classes. And, you know, there was, and like, I, I'm doing what I love, but at the same time, there's also like, we're taking animal classes. Right. And I'm like, it's an 8 30 in the morning on a Thursday, <laughs> and I'm hungover. Not and, happening. And I'm crawling on my hands. I mean, right. it's more like useful for you. It's more useful for you to watch Kevin Connolly and Adrian Grenier do their thing. Right. 100%. Like, I, and by the way, when I, when I got to LA and I, I the assistant job started as an internship. So it was an internship for nine months before I became the assistant. So I remember the one of the first set experiences uh, was a movie called After the Sunset with Pierce Brosnan, Salma Hayek, Woody Harrelson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I literally remember the first day was like at an airport hangar in Santa Monica with 
Woody Harrelson. It's the last scene in the movie when he's locked in a limo and it's taking him around the airport. And I literally remember sitting there being like four years of film school and I'm now seeing it all right in front of my face. Like I learned what each person does on a set, but now I'm seeing it. I see the boom guy. I see the camera guy. I see the script supervisor. You know, I see the assistant director. And so all of a sudden I was like, wait, being an assistant is now going to be my grad school. You know, this is my crash course. So there is something to be said about just experiencing it can be like so powerful it's like takes all those years of school yeah and just puts it right in front of your face i mean you can theorize as much as you want (laughs) but at the end of the day you got to put your hands you know and you got to be doing it until you see it like you know until you're like first thing first thing i filmed out in la was uh the first like major big thing i filmed out in la was a couple months ago it was an uber commercial okay i filmed it at warner brothers i love it and on the warner brothers lot which is like magic magic i didn't and they didn't tell us till the night before oh wow which was like i'm like all right i'm gonna go film in like the street somewhere right some like off corner you just drive onto that lot. Which is a drive onto your name. I, I, I've been there as like a guest before, like just like <laughs> viewing something, like taking a tour. Right. As an actor, your first time, it's surreal. Incredible. Yeah, you know, and I'm yeah. sure you've been, you've been there like, for yeah. too. Yeah. And the so we There's get the water tower with the yeah. WB logo. I and mean, I'm it's iconic. I'm photo, sending photos to my mother. <laughs> yeah. who's, like, freaking out. Of course. <laughs> like, and that's I, why we do it. And this is exactly exactly. Oh, this is a to- it's totally why you do it. You know, and you for your parents. Years of years <laughs> of uh, plays, yep. high school theater college theater auditioning for college like all this stuff to prepare you and like we're getting ready we're rehearsing we're rehearsing like this like one little get out of the car and you know like (laughs) like literally a 10 second shot like that's what the commercial is great and we're rehearsing 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 i go okay and I'm like, all right, well, when are we going to shoot this? I don't know. We already got it. Really? Yeah, they just did it like the rehearsals. One take wonder? One, one take. Like, no, like, well, no, like, but they were recording the rehearsals. And they got what they needed there. That's awesome. And like, you're, like, wow. you're like, wow. Yeah. Like, okay, now I get it. I'm an actor. I would never have known that. Like, actor. I would never have known that studying like biology or stats. Exactly. Like now. like Wait, wow. they, they didn't get another take? No, they they, they he's they, that good. They didn't need well, it. Well, now I'm just thinking <laughs> about like as a producer there. Yeah. Wouldn't you want the other take? Because yeah. I'm OCD, so as a director, I would have made you do as it a ten director, times. Exactly. They did it. They filmed. We did like seven rehearsals. One thing I've learned about being on set is like they usually get it and then keep doing it just in case, and it starts to dwindle. You know, like you've yeah. gotten it, and then you do a couple more just to see, and then yeah. You don't I really mean, once need you've said the words, we've got it. Yeah. Everyone just kind of their performance yeah, gets <laughs> right. a little bit worse. Well, that's right. what we do when we do like a self tape in here, where we just audition like a TV show or anything like that. Yeah, it's kind of the mindset of like after your fourth time, <laughs> yeah. like it's not gonna get unless you, unless you didn't know it beforehand, right. it's not gonna get that much better. Right. But he like, he like the director just to get everyone off on the right day was like, all right, we're just rehearsing, so everyone was like loose as a goose huh. and having fun. And he wrote, he did like seven rehearsals, and then they just wrapped. And then that 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 one that part, moment. that moment, yeah. And then you were good to go. No, then I sat around the rest of the day, <laughs> and then the, my, I, my, I was the first and the last shot oh, okay. of the day. So I was there all day. Right, craft and service. Crafty, yeah. I, I was posted. About, I was about to say, I, mean, I get it every time I get on set. I tell <laughs> yeah. myself the same thing. I'm like, you're acting. Yep. You know, you're like. For um, those who don't know, Crafty is like, just like, the, yeah, the craft services table where they the, have all the snacks and goodies. Yeah. Just like the like at a bar mitzvah, it's called a Viennese table. Exactly. Or smorgasbord. Yeah, I remember yeah. planning my bar mitzvah. The guy was a set like nine times. Mm-hmm. The, it's I just mean, like the, the most stocked, stocked pantry, essentially. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, there's like healthy food. There'll be like a vegetable tray, but there's just like Oreo cookies. And, it touches a vegetable tray. I know. It's like, come on. Like, you know, I, I, and you tell yourself, like, I always start there. I always like, I, listen, I have like the same talk with myself every time I get on set. Yeah. I go, you're an actor. Okay. 
you're you're semi-attractive, but you're not Brad Pitt. You can't be eating the sandwiches oh, like he can be. You have to like you have to look slim and. <laughs> you snack a couple carrots first. As you possibly can look right. on camera. You gotta really. I say uh, the first thing I say by like three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. I've gone from broccoli and right. celery dip, and then I'm going to the ranch and the celery. Right. Yeah. And next thing you know, I have a couple oat bars, and right. then I'm like first online when the guy's like divvying out the grilled cheeses. Right. <laughs> and, and, like, and then like Doritos. Shovel, you're like, like shoveling I, bear claws into right. your face. Or you something. don't even eat Doritos like on the regular. That's the thing. It's like you start eating things that you ate as a kid that you wouldn't buy in the supermarket yeah but all of a sudden because it's in front of you and it's free and it brings back happy memories that's all the like hostess like Uh, brand stuff yeah don't get me started on that (laughs) that's dangerous speaking of bar mitzvah the best is when they would freeze them and then bring them out in the trays right a frozen twinkie yeah who thought of that genius yeah what were your your bar mitzvah themes oh yours mine was movies (laughs) Mine, mine was Hollywood. Movies. Yeah, yeah. Hollywood, all like the different tables. <laughs> was it movie? Yeah, mine too. Yeah, <laughs> see, there we go. crazy. I mean, early nineties though. Yours I, is probably ten th- years. This later. is a stereotype, but I think that a lot of young Jewish boys would probably do movies and sports. Well, are, sports, like, the I two think, most common. Well, themes. the movie kids, I think, actually want to be actors and directors. Like, yeah, I, I think it's interesting. I was the only one that was movies. My yeah, friends. same. I was Hollywood. Really? It, it was like we we generalized it like a night in Hollywood starring Brett. And uh, it had these <laughs> movie marquees, these giant marquees that said that on it. I had my head shot as you walked oh, through yeah, the door. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Hilarious. I had, like, my hands and the handprints and the stars on the Walk of Fame. Super I mean, it cool. was, in retrospect, it was probably very narcissistic. I was just celebrating myself as, like, a, you know, Walk of Fame honoree and, like, hands. My dad loves film. Like, he always yeah. wanted, I think he always wanted to be a director. And he... So he was all about He was, he, they, so all my, he, like, my <laughs> tables were, like, birds. Right. I didn't even see that oh, movie by like, that point. Like like, like old, old school. school movies. Mine were all like nineties. Yeah, like they were all classic great films. Which and they, they yeah. directed my my mom like took charge. They fucking crushed. Well, I tried thing. to do they you know like it. my parents sat at Parenthood, the Steve Martin movie, and my oh, sister yeah. sat at Pretty Woman, and like the dais was Look Who's Talking. Like they were like yeah, it was very well thought out. Yeah, but they, um, they, they, the Jewish parents like when they the parents <laughs> of the kids who have the movies are the ones usually that crush it too. Yeah. Honestly, because they love it and go full out for it. My dad oh, having, when I entered, they played a f- movie. Uh-huh. When I entered, and you know how like uh, Tony Soprano, when like at the beginning of The Sopranos, when he's driving around <laughs> yes. the cigar, like that's oh, how I it starts. It. I was driving around the neighborhood in my bike, like smoking like, a cigar. Shot from behind. I was like you? thirteen. Yes, my <laughs> dad is following me with, with the, the Sopranos camera. theme song, and I'm like, this is yes. I'm oh, like, this is dis- I gotta see that. Uh, I gotta amazing. find it. They, I'm like, this is disgusting. Like, I just had all my VHS tapes digitized, so I now have a digital version of my bar mitzvah, which is amazing. Yeah, I, I we watched my bar mitzvah when I went back because my dad's business partner. Or maybe it was my sister's, one of the two. My dad's business partner broke his foot at the party because he was dancing so hard. Oh, wow. And then took a couple of shots and went back to dancing. <laughs> wow. and For the love all, of the game. And love it's it. all in the video. Wow. The whole sequence. <laughs> That's a great <laughs> party. Him, if you see him break his foot. Breaks your foot and keeps dancing? Keeps going. You know you're throwing a good party. <laughs> you see the guy limp off and then he comes back like 10 minutes later. You see wow. him break his foot. It's unbelievable. We're speaking of your yes. younger self. What's like okay. if you could... A letter to your younger self. Okay. Like that one moment, what would you... Question. It could be good or bad. It doesn't have to be negative. It, has, it could be positive. What's that one oh, moment? Yeah, you, it would definitely be positive. And I would I would just kind of tell my younger self, like, keep the... I always dreamed too big. You know, I grew up in suburban New Jersey, you know, no connections to the film industry. And I just was would tell everybody, like, I'm going to be a director, movie director when I grow up. I'm going to be Steven Spielberg. And my parents' friends would call me Little Spielberg. And I would bring a video camera to school. Like, until the show Dawson's Creek came out, like, I didn't realize other people did that until I saw Dawson do it on Dawson's yeah. Creek. I was like, oh, I'm not the only person in the world who brings a video <laughs> camera to school. But I, like, senior year of high school, I filmed every chance I could get. And then I made a four-hour documentary called, like, Senior Year of the Movie. Like, no one was telling me to do this stuff. I was just always doing it. So it was like, 
I don't know, in my head, I was always like, I'm going to end up in L.A. one day, and I'm going to make movies. And it was no, there was never a plan B. Thankfully, and it sounds like your parents too, like, thankfully my parents, like, supported it and, like, were behind it and let me major in film, you know, in college. And so I would just tell my younger self to just, like, don't worry about it. You know, like, dream as big as possible and just keep going after it. I mean, I'm still not where I want to be now, but, like, I am definitely feel like I'm on my way and I feel like I'm closer, you know? So I would encourage anybody who like feels kind of like you know because you're in a small town it seems so unattainable and it seems so far away so i just tell that younger kid like stick with it like you'll be okay yeah yeah it's like it's the moment like, you get near a lot of doubt yourself i feel music it's so easy to doubt yourself out here well what happens is when you're a kid and they're like what do you want to be when you grow up and i'm like i'm gonna make movies and then like a friend would be like i'm gonna be on the yankees and then another friend would be like i'm gonna be an astronaut and go to the moon and so when i'm a kid i'm like great we're all gonna do those cool things and then you get older and like only one who, of those three things is really well, practically well then one. you all go to college yeah, yeah. and then you're like wait you're going to like college for accounting you said you were gonna be an astronaut like what happened to our childhood dreams and i'm yeah. the only one really going to college with like right. the childhood dream intact yeah. and so to hold on to that i think is it's a testament to like your confidence or whatever like for you guys too it's like you had these childhood dreams and you haven't fallen back on like a different plan you know yeah people will laugh at it too sometimes i, totally. I think and i think and way, i think that's epic honestly like people well I, it's also it's jealousy because you're going after like something you love and like a lot of people's jobs are not what they love it's just work you know like most people go to a job a nine to five where they clock in and clock out monday through friday and they can't wait for the weekend you know and so for me it's like why would you want any you don't want to dread any day you know every day should be awesome work be days weekends totally like some sort of adventure yeah it's and like so a, it's like a battle but like a good battle right yeah. it's i mean like, yeah the, the fulfillment that comes with it just seems so much more like true absolutely and it's like you're doing what you love like how could you beat that i mean you don't go to bed you don't go to bed with the oh shit feeling of like tomorrow you totally go to, you go to the bed thinking all right fucking did it right and you never want to dread like monday morning like no you, you <laughs> I, I look forward to monday because the agencies open up again and the production companies open up again and i'm like maybe today will be the day they green light that project you yeah. know yeah. i actually look forward to the, back on the ground the weekdays yeah if anything the weekend our business kind of stops a little bit. Yeah, the weekend's like more of a challenge to create. <laughs> right. Honestly, yeah, because we, yeah. we've—I mean, we've made this film, and like now we're in like the editing room for it. Right. And so, like now, like the weekends, like was we all we do this during the week. We do our other right. jobs during the week. Oh yeah, it's editing doesn't know days of the week. Editing is twenty-four-seven. And it's like now in the weekends, it's like all right, do we do this now this weekend? <laughs> right. We go out and have a drink, and next thing you know, it's like I'm on top of a table dancing. Right. Because right. you know, like there's no limit to that. <laughs> once I, right. if, I, if I see you get listen, if Usher comes on, it's it's of game course, it's yeah. over. Listen, you have. Have to let loose too. Otherwise oh, you do. Yeah, you, you go lose crazy mind, out here. Dude. You have to have some kind of. That's like the best part is like the social life. You have. You mean? I'm sure meeting your friends out here too and having that aspect. Oh yeah, it has been huge. And like people would think that's a distraction. It's a distraction if you let it become your whole life and a distraction. Well, even just to give you guys, because I'm now 15, 16 years into this LA experience. So a lot of my friends in the beginning were like, you know, bartenders and waiters and hosts and hostesses at restaurants are now movie stars. I mean, it happens. It it actually happens. So like. And then all of a sudden you're at their movie premiere and their face is plastered like the whole length of Hollywood Boulevard. And I'm like, I remember when you were like busting your ass as a bartender. Now you're a movie star. Like, like hard work pays off. It actually yeah. does happen. You guys are still in your first early years. I know. No, I mean, I, I, I yeah. couldn't. I, I thought it was really cool. What And I've always liked DJ Khaled. And I yeah. like love just oh, yeah. like his positivity. But his, yeah. you know, what he said, he was like, I used to work at, was it Shawnee's? What's it called? Shoney's? Shoney's. Oh, yeah. Shoney's. That he used to like DJ there or right. like whatever. And he was just like, I grinded and like this was totally. hard work. Yep. 
and like it didn't happen overnight. Oh yeah. And I told myself I was going to become like a producing mogul and like I did it. Well, like, that's what I, I tell people. It. I'm like I interned for free for 9 months. It turned into an assistant job for 3 years. I was an assistant. Like I got to be on movie sets, which I loved. It was like the greatest thing ever. We did After the Sunset. Then we went right into X-Men 3 in Vancouver, X-Men The Last Stand. Then we went right into Rush Hour 3 in Paris. I mean, it was incredible. But at the end of the day, you're still the assistant. You know, it, you get to be around it, but you have to do assistant duties. You yeah, know, you yeah, have to get like, people like a bottle of water yeah, as soon as they no ask glory. for it. No glory. Right, exactly. Yeah. And yes, believe me, there was there were glamorous parts of it, you know, flying private and staying at the Plaza Athene in Paris and, you know, whining and dining with all these cool people. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's an assistant job. So even though it looked glamorous on the outside, like that's that was my version of bartending, you know, my three years as an assistant. And so you have to move out here and kind of have the you check your ego at the door and you find a way, you know, to get yourself into the business, whether it's, you know, interning or assisting or whatever, even bartending to pay the bills so that you can audition all day. Oh, yeah. You I know, mean, I wait tables. What? I mean, how many hours a week? I probably I wait tables almost 40 hours a week. Okay, that's a or lot. Clo- yeah, close to it, like 30 hours, something around the week. Yeah. And then I was like, MC- I don't MC as much anymore, but I was MCing bar mitzvahs and weddings. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I was, I was that's in your wheelhouse. That's yeah. the, I was very, <laughs> very on brand. Very on brand. Very on brand. I just didn't have the time for it anymore. Um, but you have to like do those like little, if you want to sustain. Yeah. You can't be like, I, the first thing, you know, and it, you could, I could like probably have my parents support me or help out more yeah. than they do. But they said you can't listen. You can't be waiting by the phone. You'll right. go. You'll go. You'll go crazy. That's how you go crazy. Oh, that's actually great advice for people. Keep busy. Have ten projects going on. Which you can now. Yeah, oh, totally. you can make as much content we, as you want. Yeah, exactly. This is like what we're doing with like this. this is what you yeah. do with yours. I have like, a podcast also. My podcast is like inside the actor studio. So I'll have a friend come on and tell me their war stories of like coming up as an actor. Yeah. You know? And and I always say like. I would say the podcast is the 11th thing I have going on, but I probably have 10 things going on, film-related, TV-related. And the way I describe it is, like, there's 10 train tracks, and each project is a train on a different track. And every day, you know, if Gabrielle Union come, signs on to the Vernon Turner movie, that train is going to take the lead. And yeah. that project might happen first. And, and just then, lean into it. Exactly. And then yeah. ride that train. And then, but maybe an actor will come on to one of my other projects first, and that one takes the lead. So mm-hmm. every day I wake up, I don't know which train is going to take the lead. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of cool. You don't know what you're going to have to do that. I, it, it's cool. like, sometimes I worry. I'm like, am I spreading myself too thin? But no, then otherwise no it's thing. like, yeah, just yeah. a creative mind at work. Totally. Yeah, exactly. You know? Because like, suddenly one of those will spark, you know, and then... That's the project that you're gonna have to roll with. Yeah, I've been sleeping like five hours a day. It's crazy. <laughs> I didn't do that in college. Yeah, in college I was like, all right, wake up at ten. What time do you go to sleep? Like four? No, I go to. Sleep. I probably. I, was, I try to get into bed at like two. Okay. I think I people, tell people I like, like, you normally fall asleep earlier than that. Actually, one, just one? to give the. No, 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 no. Josh's well, no, sleeping no, 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 breakdown. No, no, no. I, I probably get into my room by one fifteen. Okay. I have to like we do like polls on our charity shop Instagram, like sports polls. Oh, cool. We get super engaged. That's cool. And so I have to think of those because like, <laughs> like I've been doing. I do like we, we do like and I run that portion of the show. Right. And we do when Instagram's not down, which it's, it's down. down. It's, it's down, down today. I don't know if you knew that. I noticed. Yeah. yeah. Believe me, everybody noticed. Yeah. I gotta <laughs> like, be honest with you guys. I'm kind of like in heaven right now. Yeah. Because I do like I do like twenty. I can hit up to twenty polls a day. Wow. Which is whatever's going on in sports is helpful, but a lot of the times it's just like okay, I have to like keep people engaged and keep people looking on our page. And yeah, all this and that. So I'll, I'll probably spend like it could be like I could be done five minutes in my bed, right? Or I could be done in like twenty minutes. And the next thing is like one thirty-five, right? And then you have to get up at like either you have to get up at like six to open the restaurant, or you have to get up at oh, six to go work why out you're up early. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say like a perfect night is like four to nine, I think, which is also only five hours. Yeah, but like you're up till four writing, then eventually you just crash, and yeah. then. 
I like to start the day. Nine o'clock is like a good time for me. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you're only getting five hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like we, I, we, I was dating Toss and our buddy, our roommate Matt, who's a director. Yeah. Just been wrapped a short film. Matt's first film, direct, first second short film directing, but first awesome. that he'd written and done the done by the two of them. Um, he and so they just wrapped that. And now it's the second one he's done here. And I was I was just driving for them. I kind of was like you know helping out. Like I was picking yeah. up cat like crew members and stuff. I like love that. it. I love it because these stories that you're going to be telling them in 10, 20 years, like the early days. Yeah, like driving around. I'm like not even acting. I'm like not even doing. Just like not even writing. This is like much to much to his chagrin. Right. Was, he was like, not acting. No, but you'll remember these days. Like these yeah, are the, these are the <laughs> these are the. I don't even know, like the, when you were in the trenches together. The trenches, yeah. It's yeah. like in the, like, uh, no, I mean, like, I, I produced it and I was running around the set with, <laughs> like around. a chicken with my head cut yeah. off. I had yeah. Yeah. no idea so what I was doing. You're so tired. You sleep so little. That, yeah. like, I drove for like three hours. I'm like, all right, so I'm like, I'll be acting like 10. If you need my help, I'm going to take a quick nap in the car. Yeah. Like, I'm getting nudged. It's like 12 o'clock. Crafty's right. open up. I'm hitting right. that. I have to go test the snacks, make sure none of things poisonous. Exactly. Yeah, you know? Thanks for Absolutely. doing that. Of course, always, man. Always, always. <laughs> That's great. I mean, you, 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 it's a good advice to go back and say, hey, just. Keep not only keep the dream big, but keep the dream alive. Totally, absolutely. Because eventually, never give up. Never give up. Oh, you can't. My mom always says to me, "Make it happen." So I'll tell her what I'm working on. She's like, "Make it happen." And so when I moved to LA, I I took a piece of paper and I was like, "Can you write make it happen?" Like with a big black uh, sharpie, like just write make it happen. And she wrote it, and I framed it, and I keep it on my table, and just says make it happen. I love it. Always remember, yeah. My dad signs off almost all of his emails saying, in a town full of losers, you pulled out of here to win, which is a Bruce Springsteen wow, quote from Thunder Road. Because we've seen Bruce Springsteen like nine times together. It's pretty cool. I love the, it. um, it's a little intense for people no, in our no, town. No, no, no. I, I, got, I, I feel bad. Like, our, yeah, our town, our, <laughs> people in our town are nice. They yeah, do well. But like, yeah, it's, a good, it's a very good sentiment, yeah. honestly. Oh, I didn't I think. even think of it as like a commentary on the yeah. town. Like, it was <laughs> no, more about you. It was more of you being a winner. Yeah, yeah. It was dude, he decided he got me, he wrote in the letter, like a great letter he wrote to me for college. I hung it up in my world off college i love it yeah and it's, it's, it's like a, stuff like that like little things totally. like that it's like if it's out in the world you got to go for it absolutely um and i think we'll go out with our fourth question the yes. fourth down it's your favorite sports memory okay i'll give you my favorite as a as a participant okay. would be uh i could i could actually say i was a state champion basketball player but only because it was at the east brunswick jewish center <laughs> in east brunswick new jersey EPJC. Yeah. and so when you it was called tri-league so when you play, you know, when you're a Jewish kid like me with my athletic ability and you play with all like abled kids, mm. you seem like a champion, you know, yeah. until you get out. What the was real your, um, what was your game? What was your game like? God, it was somehow we won. I would go home with trophies and I felt like I was really good at basketball. Were you a shooter, distributor? I don't even know. We were all kind of just Jewish and short. Jewish and <laughs> making it happen. Yeah, but um, dude, like we had like the, we had like that one kid who was like five nine and like we were like we were like fifteten years old. Right. We we're like five five. He was center. five right. nine. He's right. like die. He looks like he's like Elijah, he's like Sean Bradley. Right. Yeah. Elijah yeah. Yeah. Wan, dude. Like fucking. Like, yeah. Then you get out into the real world and you're like, wait, I'm not as good at basketball as I thought. <laughs> um, but my favorite memory <clears throat> as a viewer and as a fan, I was a huge Michael Jordan fan growing up. So I was around for the three peat, 1991, 1992, awesome. 1993. Mm-hmm. So I was wearing Chicago Bulls starter jackets. I had the rare air book. I had the Michael Jordan cologne. Speaking of fragrances, fragrances. Yeah. Um, I had, you know, the air Jordan sneakers. I'm wearing air Jordans right now. Like things never change, but like it was, I was just such, even though I was in New Jersey, you know, it wasn't Nets or Knicks for me. It was Chicago Bulls. And I just like, for three years, just rode that wave of just being an obsessed Bulls fan. And yeah. it was so much fun. I mean, you're talking about like American meme and, you know, oh, yeah. Michael was like the first guy that was a brand. <laughs> totally. Michael first Jordan, athlete that, that did that. And he... I went along with anything he put out. 
I needed to have it. It was crazy. T-shirts and sneakers and posters and everything. And you know, you'd only seen that with musicians. Yeah, and like, that's true. And like artists and like actors and directors, right. like they had the brand, like right. they had a style. Like Hitchcock had a style. Totally. You know, <laughs> no athlete had like their thing. Like right. basketball, like was basketball. Like when Mike, by the time Mike got there, basketball had only really been massive because of Magic and Larry. Yeah. Oh right. Who only and that preceded rivalry. him. Yeah. Who only did they preceded him like ten years? Well, and then they did five, the dream no, team. Ten, five. The dream team in the Olympics. Like I was. 10 years old, it like blew my mind, like, or 12 years old. I was just like, I can't believe all these players are on the same team. It was just like, it was an incredible time to be like a little kid basketball fan, I have For to sure. say. And it's actually, history is like repeating itself now. I have like an, I have a nine-year-old nephew, Mason, who loves Steph Curry. Like, I loved Michael Jordan. And he wants the shoes and he, you know, everything. And he went to his first uh, Warriors game. They live in Jersey, and they took him to Philly for it a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and it was the Warriors, Warriors and the Sixers. Yeah, yeah. and he, game. nine-year-old kid, that game went late, and it was like one twenty to one seventeen. He got to see the Warriors win. He got to see Steph Curry live in That's front of super him. Super cool. Like, so it's cool to me because I'm watching his adoration of Steph Curry mirrors mine for Michael Jordan, and it's like happening again, which is yeah. really cool. This is the best era of basketball since the early '90s. Yeah, I think. You're right. I think. I think it's between LeBron, LeBron. I don't. I don't know. I don't Steph think it's Curry. really. I don't think it's skipped a beat since then. Since no, the no, 90s. no, 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 no. There's been the me. There was like in the, the mid 2000s two, were pretty amazing. The mid 2000s were. Well, there's always like a star. There's always like the, a. I'm talking about the Lakers. You're talking about Kobe. Shaquille and Kobe. You're yeah. talking about Popovich yeah, yeah. and the run with the Spurs. Spurs you're talking about Dirk. Talking yeah. about Nash and Kid. You have all those guys, but there's the, the amount of talent. Vince Carter, like, Trace McGrady, like in their primes. Yeah, those guys are great. But the amount of but they're not they're not like the superstars, top twenty five greatest players like we saw like with MJ. You know, Larry is still playing. You still had Magic. You still had Patrick Ewing. David Robinson came in, and then you had Elijah Wan. You had Clyde Drexler. Like all these guys, Wilkins. I mean, like P- Pippen. Like and you had yeah. like, the, the Pistons and what what the Bulls had done. And the, those young guys were first starting out in the nineties. And then you go to like now the two like two thousand tens. It's like you look at every team. Like if you look at every like, like even like the Suns who suck nuts, dude. <laughs> they do. Like do you, we love Devin Booker. I love Devin. Devin you Booker. you love you. I, I like Devin. You love Devin Booker. He could like shoot the lights out <laughs> of yeah, the place. Yeah, he scored seventy points in a game. Yes, yeah, he's, he's great. And you do not score. So let me tell you, you could score fifty points by accident, maybe. Like maybe score fifty points by accident. Pascal Siakam scored forty-seven points. So yeah, yeah, you, you can score, score fifty, 50 points, points by accident. accident. <laughs> Terrence Ross had fifty-one in a game. You you don't score seventy by accident. You don't. I will say, moving to LA, you become. A Lakers fan. It it just happens. Or are you guys not Lakers fans? No. Oh. Celtic. In the room, man. Oh, there all you are. Ball, ball, okay, ball. Celtic. I'm, my grandfather's from South Boston. And got it, got it, got it. Got and it. Well, I, I, and say, I share everybody. your love of Michael Jordan, so oh, I'm, there you go. I'm not a LeBron guy. Got it, got it. I, well, I was going to say you get kind of caught up in the culture of it. Maybe not. Maybe not everybody, but something about being here. I mean, I've been here a long time now, but even the Dodgers. like I, I was, mess with the Dodgers. Yeah. I like them. That's what like, I'm saying. Like Something about when they're doing well, and I got to go to Game 5 this year, which was the last game. I got to go to Game 7 last year. You were? Yeah, man. Game 5 of the World Series. Game 5 this year, yeah. They've got a great stadium to go to, too. Yeah, well, you're a Boston. Are you Red Sox? Oh yeah. Oh, that's why. Spent okay. all my so money. You get to see all my money I had. Yeah. left was on them. Affleck and Damon in the front row. Yeah. Um, oh and then uh, last year I was at Game Seven at Dodger Stadium. Like I just I got into it. Like I got into the that's a sick game to the me. thrill yeah. of yeah, it. Yeah. Games, dude. It was wow. really cool. That was amazing. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like it evolves over time. It's like being from New Jersey, you can be very adaptable to other other teams. Mm-hmm. Like. Absolutely. For man. me, at least. Yeah. And Jersey just had the Nets for right. a brief stint. Right. Yeah. Derek Coleman, I remember. Yeah. Derek Coleman. <laughs> Derek Coleman. I remember going oh, to games and, and the announcer would just be like, Derek Coleman. Yeah. And it stuck with me yeah, all these TV. years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and then that's we'll cl- who you had to get really excited <laughs> yeah, yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> right. Terrible man. Right. That's why I was a Michael Jordan fan. That's a, yeah. Makes sense. Explains Makes sense. it all. And we'll close it out with Two Minute Drill, which is hosted by Toss. Toss, oh. you're going to throw a f- slew of questions at our man, Brett, and he's going to have to answer them rapid fire on the spot. So kick it off. Your two Let's minutes starts now. Harry Potter Sorting House. Which one would you be in? Uh, the good one, Gryffindor. Yeah. yeah. That's a favorite answer. <laughs> yeah, that's I've a favorite answer. Well, the popular one. Yeah. yeah. Except Ryan, Ryan Leaf, I don't know if you know him. He played for the Chargers. He said he, he admitted he'd be in Slytherin, which oh, I wow. thought was a fair assessment. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> bold to yeah, admit Yeah, bold. Yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a good man. <laughs> favorite restaurant in LA? Ooh, Dantana's I love and Craig's. Have okay. you been to them? No, no. neither. We got to make sure that happens. Okay. All right. Fine by me. <laughs> <laughs> Who's got the best celebrity handshake? Wow. Best celebrity handshake. Oh my gosh. Mm. Or worst. Worst? <laughs> I can't say worst. Okay, don't do that. But um, <laughs> best celebrity handshake. Oh, I can't remember, but I i don't know. I'm blanking on that one. Best celebrity handshake. Uh, I got to come back to it. Have you, okay. ever sh- have you ever shaken The Rock's hand? No, but I would imagine. I imagine he's got yeah, a good Yeah, I would one. imagine that yeah. would be a good one. I kept thinking, you know what? All I could think of was Michael Jordan, who I've never shaken his hand. But as I'm trying to think of someone, I just kept picturing Michael so, Jordan. His hands are so big. That yeah. would be wild. I know. Um, Sorry. Go to, go to karaoke song. You already answered. Baby Got Back. Baby Sir got back. Oh, yeah. MJ or LeBron. You kind of already answered Michael this one. Michael Jordan there you for go. life. Guilty Pleasure TV show. Oh, gosh. Big Brother on CBS. Okay. No, that's good. Better yeah. than like the CW stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, Guilty Pleasure has to be something like unscripted. Reality. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and the thing with Big Brother very quickly is that it's a big commitment because it's like three episodes a week on CBS. Plus, they have like After Dark, which is like where you could just watch what's going on in the house. It happens 24-7. Oh, yeah. But then there's live feeds on CBS All Access where you can just what? watch everything just watch going everyone. in the house 24-7. You just watch everyone. What? So you realize like this whole day got away from me. I've been watching the Big Brother house. So that is a guilty pleasure. I spent watching, I spent my day watching another person have a day. Yeah. Uh, or like a house full of <laughs> random people having a artificial day with cameras everywhere. Oh, like, I retract my statement. That's a crazy one. It's awful. That's it, wild. Yeah. But it's, it's the right answer. It's the truth. Go to drink. Alcoholic drink? Yeah. Or just drink? Well, I would say ice green tea is my daily like. Is your non-alcoholic drink. I have yeah. one right here. Um, if I'm out, like a kettle soda or like a, a beer, like a Stella or something. Okay. Nice. <laughs> Favorite movie? Uh, Cruel Intentions. It's having its 20th anniversary this month. Really? Yeah. Cruel Intentions. Wow, that's an interesting one. Yeah. There's a that's whole... a good movie. You've seen it? Yeah. Fantastic yeah. movie. I like it. There's uh, a lot of reasons. I, I was in college when I saw it, and it kind of like it was these like high school kids speaking like adults. It kind of started informing my writing a they little were so bit. So well spoken. Yeah, and so like then shows came out like The OC, mm-hmm. you know, after that. But that was kind of the one. Yeah. Where, yeah, they did that. So that that's the most nostalgic for me. I love it. Yeah. Beatles or Stunt? Hmm. Uh, I mean, it's before my time. But it's before our time. Too. Yeah, I would say. It's well before. Our time. I would say Beatles. I know more of their songs. Okay. Fair enough. Um, most important role on set, director, of course. <laughs> Who's most impressive? The most impressive role. Most impressive role? Um, not like the actor. Like the most impressive, like role, like, wow. like biggest, uh, biggest, biggest underdog role. Is uh, that what you're you know what? I will say who I get really like impressed by on a on a movie set is the script supervisor. Yeah, for sure. Because they're sitting there. You and, said that same thing. Well, because I'm a writer also, so like the words are important, you know. So when a script is in front of a script supervisor and they're following along, and also. Again, going back to like OCD continuity. Yeah. They're watching everything. Everything. They'll be yeah. like, wait, she had that glass in her right hand, not her left hand. Switch it. So the script supervisor is making sure 
You're going to be able to edit this together perfectly. They're marking down like the best takes. So it makes it easier for you when you go in the edit room. You're like, figuring out what kind of note you're giving to each exactly. take. What and that like, even means. Right. Like, and if the actor goes off and starts improvising too much, they bring it back. They read them the line. The, they're the unsung hero. Them sure. and, and PD's production designers, I think, are oh, yeah. fantastic. Of course. Yeah. Both are great. I, yeah. I, was, I would say boom guy. Just, <laughs> he has to like, just from a, like a physical you hold know, the boom holding the boom up there for like a hot minute yeah i mean that guy and he has to make sure it doesn't get in the frame there's nothing the worse frame, when there's like a like, boom peeking into yeah the he's, he's got all his mic stuff on him too it's okay. like a very like physically demanding job that's true it's a weird one to be like appreciate <laughs> interesting everyone on when was set. the last time you held one they're not that heavy i know they're not i, I know they're not that heavy <laughs> what about like the steady cam guy when he's that like, guy has a, that's a hell of a job with the camera yeah he's like rigged on on the shoulder yeah, yeah, the shoulder yeah, 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 rig yeah, yeah. or the steady cam yeah, yeah either one oh, to be honest this is going to sound corny but every single person on set is important because it's a combination of all those people that get right. it done right you need it's like, it's like every little piece of the puzzle absolutely the same thing like an nfl team if one guy misses <laughs> to bring it a sport if one yeah, guy misses there's assignment Play, the play is fucked. Yeah, like you don't like listen, bro. If you if you if the safety drops in, yeah, you know, or if he if he blitzes at the wrong moment, or or if he doesn't blitz, or if he drops back, yeah, and he and he and the, the guy slips in under the coverage, if he misses an assignment like a safety or a cornerback, or a linebacker doesn't make the cover, right. the play is fucked. Yep, it's like just screw. Like you, you, I don't care how many guys you have in the field, right? That that breaks up the play, man. Right, exactly. I can guarantee there was on uh, on the touchdown on the return. There was something happened. Oh yeah, always. That you know, yeah, like a big, a big play like that. <laughs> yeah. Someone broke. Yeah. Someone, someone messed up. Exactly. Um, project that you're most proud of. Hmm. Uh, I'm really proud of this short that I directed last year called Graffiti. It did pretty well at like film festivals and stuff. Yeah. Premiered at Holly Shorts last year. Um, but you know, I mean, everything is like such a happy memory that I've worked on. It's kind of like a video yearbook in your mind of what you were doing at that time in your yeah. life. Yeah. But um. I feel like whatever you do next, like the next newest thing is what you, you know, you guys know, like yeah, yeah. what you obsess about in the yeah, edit the most room. most exciting and, thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. whatever you're working on at the time. All right. Last one. Okay. One celebrity that you think would be a great presidential candidate. Oh, wow. Um, I've told Seth MacFarlane he should run for president. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think he'd be good. Oh. I even came up with this idea for him. I told him, I was like, this was two years ago, but I said, our slogan is going to be 2020. Like hindsight is 2020 because we, because the country made a mistake. So hindsight is 2020. I like that. Um, yeah. Funny. And then yeah. another friend of mine who's gotten pretty politically active is Chris Evans. Like he's been visiting with, um, you know, politicians in DC. I mean, cap and he's captain America. Come on. And, yeah. but in real life, he happens to really be really, you know, he's super intelligent, but he's also politically active and his uncle is in government. And, um, He'd, he'd be good at it. He's so ha- and he's so handsome. Come on. Yeah. That guy. Is- <laughs> he's, got, he's got, I feel like most politicians have fantastic hair. Yeah. He's got great he'd be good. hair. He yeah, walks, he Captain walks America in the for room president. and everyone's like, okay, we're, we're good. <laughs> got, I, our guy was really something that I don't, I don't even know if you're on board with it necessarily, but I've been promoting a president and a vice president, oh. Dwayne Johnson and John Cena. Okay. Just the two of them together because oh, my that's perspective. Powerful. Yeah. It is powerful. Cause, exactly. Because they come into like a UN meeting, like, who's going to say no to like, these guys? They're combined 13 feet, right. like around like 550 pounds <laughs> of right. muscle. Right. Like one of them could, like, they have affinity of two finishing moves right. that could go into each other. I, yeah. I yeah. think it's a good yeah. it's Just there's a duo. I don't know. I like that. I yeah. like that. And The Rock is president. Yeah, and, seen as so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and if you follow, by the way, if you follow Seth MacFarlane and Chris Evans on Twitter and see their tweets, they they've got good ideas. Like they're they're 
It's not just, you know, he's, people might think like Seth MacFarlane, a creative family guy, but he's actually. Well, yeah, he created family guy. Yes, but he's got political ideas. Well, exactly. That's the point. That's the point. Like, he created <laughs> yeah. like uh, one of the most popular, if not like a top five most popular show of all time. Right. Yeah, exactly. Genius. And like incredibly Genius. politically savvy. Just That's like a thing. And it's not like Trey Parker, Matt Stone. We're like on different. The, yeah. It's a little it's different. Like, yeah. yeah. He's a little more there. Yeah. Cool. I, you know, That's the two minute drills. And those are the two minute drills. But wait, you want to go back to Celebrity Handshake? Oh my gosh. Um, I. I can't remember anyone's handshake for some reason. I've met everybody. Yeah, I don't know. Everyone's been See, like you must solid. be like the opposite of me, where I'm like thinking so much about the handshake. Yeah. that I forget the name that they're B- telling me. But and I'm, I'm like, don't mess it up. Don't mess it now up. Now that you've asked me that question, I'm gonna start paying attention to handshakes. So yeah. the next time I talk to you guys, I'll have the answer. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm a dap up guy. Dap up. You just, right well, you know what? I almost bump. think I will say like there is something cool uh, when they kind of give you more of like a bro handshake like yeah a, something like different. not just like something a different. formal shit. yeah yeah, yeah. Like, this is not the 1950s <laughs> right we don't smoke cigarettes exactly anymore so yeah know? i would say you know there's a lot of cool handshakes out there exactly <laughs> in and hollywood I mean, safe answer, safe safe answer. <laughs> on that note diplomatic Brad, amazingly fun show man thank cool. you so much for joining us again guys check out his podcast on the list also on the believe podcast network is we're brought to you by the believe podcast network the number one podcast network in los angeles and the fans out there swing on a full count drag both feet inbounds hit that puck hit your putts hit your pks because they free and hit your free throws why guys because they free we out you <laughs> we love you Puts it up. It's Lewis. He got the shot off. Derek Jeter, where fantasy becomes reality. Anything's possible. Anything's possible. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.